What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Have you been exploring your spirituality and learning more about yourself? And now you're ready to take bold, positive action. Are you seeking clarity about what is really blocking you from your greatest potential? Do you feel like you're so close to a breakthrough, but you can't figure out why you continue to feel stuck at the same level? Join us now for Real Talk with Joyce and Jennifer, two transformational coaches who are eager to share all they've learned over the many years they've each been working with clients, helping them create the life they want. Joyce and Jennifer both have extensive, diverse backgrounds in the art of conscious transformation, and they are here to help you. So tune in now for the insight and tools you need to consciously live, work, and play so that you can live the life you most deeply long to experience. Hi, it's Joyce here. Welcome to Real Talk with Joyce and Jennifer. I'm a transformational coach, life purpose facilitator, and loss and grief guide who guides women to find clarity and purpose in times of transformation, change, loss, and transition to live their most authentic and courageous life. Hey, everyone. It's Jennifer, and I'm also a transformational coach, facilitator, and consultant, which means I basically transform the mentality of leaders so that their entire staff and corporate culture can shift toward higher purpose. But most importantly, as we all know by now, I'm a mom. So today, (laughs) we're going to change things up a bit. I'm going to interview Joyce and Melody LeBaron, who co-facilitate a loss and grief retreat. You may have heard uh, some of the ads we've run on the show periodically, Um, but as you all know, Joyce and I have discussed the massive impact that loss and grief have on all of us, physiologically and psychologically, and how that plays out in our transformational process as we evolve as human beings. So today we're going to dig a little deeper into this subject as I ask Joyce and Melody questions about loss and grief, what they teach and what they've learned through these powerful retreats. So Joyce and Melody, welcome. Joyce, since our listeners, (laughs) yeah, since our listeners have gotten to know you quite a bit over the last six months, uh, let's start with Melody. And uh, how about Melody, you introduce yourself and give our listeners a little bit of your background. Will do. Thank you. So Um, I started as a professional organizer, helping my clients get rid of clutter and create beautiful organized environments. And then I learned the techniques of dowsing and the art of space clearing. And from that, I was led into feng shui and the creation of altars that alter us. And also along the way, starting almost 30 years ago when I was 35, Uh, My mother died in our arms after a 16-year experience of cancer. And 
as she was making her transition, I created sacred space in her room in order to facilitate the emotional and the um, the mental part of that process for her. And, um, and then since then, I have midwifed the deaths of now 10 of my closest loved ones, including five years after my mother, my younger sister, and then two years after that, uh, my son, 17-year-old son, Logan, was in a car accident and died in our arms three days later. So there have been these life events that have taught me um, about grief and the process of grief and the capacity that grief has to catalyze transformation, positive change in our lives. Well, Melody, that's a powerful story. And I'm very sorry for all of your loss. Thank you. That's incredible. And you clearly have a, a very powerful role in this lifetime, having yeah. dealt with that and facilitated so much transition between this life and, and what's next. And so um, thank you very much for doing the, the heavy work within yourself so that you can share it with so many other people. Uh, and thank you for being on the show today. It's, it's uh, oh, very, very good to have you here. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So, Joyce, can you share with our listeners a little bit more mm-hmm. about your professional background as it specifically relates to loss and grief? And then when you're finished, if you don't mind, give us a little overview about these retreats that you and Melody lead. Sure. Well, my background uh, for, I'd say, the past 30 years is really uh, practicing as a master-level mental health nurse, consultant to physicians, um, a certified health and wellness coach, and uh, a certified mind-body practitioner. Uh, Just a pretty strong background in health and wellness. And I'd say in the 90s, um, myself and a physician opened one of our the first alternative wellness centers in Atlanta, in Virginia Highland area in Atlanta. Um, so over the years, uh, I've worked with really hundreds of clients who are experiencing loss and grief of some kind, you know, divorce, trauma, health issues, or major transitions in their life. So I think I just um, got used to dealing with with loss and grief because if you're a coach or you're certainly a nurse in, in working in any healthcare facility, which I had done previously uh, to moving to Atlanta uh, in hospitals, you're always dealing with some sort of trauma going on all the time. And so that was sort of the beginning training for me to get familiar with what the lay of the land was like, even though I wasn't directly working with um, grief as much as I am right now. So, so that, that's a little tidbit of of my background. And um, so, just to give you a, a brief overview of the retreat, and, and then we'll Melanie and I will discuss it more in detail later, like the real details of it. So, but to me, the the retreat it's entitled "Heartbroken Open: Grief is a Sacred Path to Renewal and Rebirth," and it's February the twenty third through the 25th in Atlanta, Georgia. And, you know, to me, it's a beautiful, sacred weekend where like-minded people 
who have experienced a loss come together in a community to be supported, to grieve fully, to share their story, and to find ways to renew and heal themselves. And I just think it's a, you know, it's a community surrounded with love. It's a really wonderful experience. Well, I know that Melody and I are just now meeting, but Joyce, anything that you've uh, anything that you have facilitated before that I have attended, you know, sometimes we co-host things, but sometimes I just like to attend because you always mm-hmm. host and facilitate a very beautiful and powerful experience for, for those of us who are fortunate enough. So I'm, I'm really glad to be talking about this today. I think it's very important. Uh, over the course of time, you and I have talked a lot about that importance, the importance of mm-hmm. actively dealing with grief rather than pushing it down, pushing it away, or as we said in, I think it was just last week's show, just pulling up our bootstraps every day and ignoring it. So, Melody, how do we engage with grief rather than push it away because we just don't want to feel it? Yes. Well, that's a, that's the million-dollar question, Jennifer. And really <laughs> what you described, that that numbing out, that overeating, that overindulging, that overshopping, whatever it is that we do to sort of resist or push away our grief is, is actually easier than engaging it. Um, but to really engage our grief, I think we need to understand that grief actually has a purpose. Grief is a part of the human condition. And so we're all going to experience it at some time or other. We're each going to receive an invitation to do what I call our grief work, which from my perspective is the most maturing work that we will ever do in our lives. Our grief work is actually meant to align our small selves, you know, our egos, with our soul's purpose. And my invitation to grief work came through these losses of my most intimate relationships. As I mentioned, I've midwifed the deaths of 10 of my loved ones. Um, and, And I've gone through other losses as well. And when I think about those losses, it really was when my 17 year old son, Logan, was injured and then died after that car accident that the sword of truth cleaved my heart open and severed the truth from the illusion in my life. And this, I think, is one of the purposes of grief. Um, For those of us who are listening to this, if you've ever been through a loss, that you can clearly remember a before and after the loss, then you, you know what I'm speaking to. And I soon realized after Logan died, that even though I had studied grief and I knew so much about grief, I actually would need to require, I I required support to get through this major um, catastrophic loss. And you've heard that when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And life had made me ready and my teachers appeared. And as I worked to integrate the loss, everything that was what I call false, inside of myself, all of the identities that weren't really true to my soul's purpose fell away. And that process made room in my life 
for authentic personal power to take its place. What I discovered is that the more that I was actually willing to feel my grief, to feel my anger and my rage, and to cry those tears, and to really work with the grief rather than resisting it, the closer I felt to my son, Logan, and to the love that we had shared together, but also to my true, authentic self. So I would say to someone who's in active grieving, yes, the waves of grief are searingly painful at times. They will burn through the hopes and expectations you had for your future. But on the other side of those waves of grief will be an increased capacity to feel and to embody the love and the joy that is your true essence, that is your birthright. So integrating the loss of my son allowed me to release my old identity so that even more love could flow through my life. So I don't want to give you the wrong impression and to make you and our listeners feel like grief, doing your grief work will be easy. No. Grief is a painful initiation. And so we do well to think of our grief as the work of our soul. Yes. And that is uh, mm-hmm. incredibly true. Um, it's I like to think of it as, you know, to feel is to heal. It's a motto I've had for years. And it is the harder path, but it is the more powerful path to get to more of our most authentic lives. And I love how you've I love how you've described this. And I have to tell you that as you're speaking, I'm crying. (laughs) Because as a mother, I'm extremely empathic. I've learned this over the years. I feel things very deeply. And I cannot fathom what you have gone through. I'm just, I honor you. I thank you. Um, I, I just so deeply respect you for having done Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Done this work and being able to get to the other side where your strength and your joy and your love is for the rest of us. Um, 
it's as a mother it's just beyond my comprehension i know it is completely within the realm of possibility for me on this in this lifetime but um whew, it's heavy stuff that you've lived through mm-hmm. very heavy mm-hmm. it is thank yep. you so mm-hmm. yes so joyce how about you? <laughs> um, I'll take a breath there. <laughs> Lighten it up for just a second, right? Yeah, uh, I, yeah. But <laughs> if you can share with us what you've experienced that has that has really caused you, outside of your professional experiences and things, mm-hmm. what has caused you to work with others on this type of work, the loss and grief work? Sure. Well, Jennifer, as you know, we've talked about um, a lot of the loss and grief I've shared a lot. We both shared a lot on our show and I've actually experienced uh, quite a lot of, of loss and grief in my lifetime also. Um, and I, I think I would say the, I'm going to share a little bit about two, two, uh, one that I've talked about about eight years ago where I was in this very crazy, uh, accident, actually a, a shootout kind of situation where there was a lot of trauma around it. And out of that whole situation um, happened to um, really damage a lot of my body, which I didn't know until later. And I still work a lot on that even recently to clear that from from my body. So there was not only physical, uh, certainly damage on my body, but then all of that because I wasn't working. I ended up losing my home and my car and my animals died that same year. So it was a really traumatic thing. And I'll have to say probably that is the biggest traumatic transformational thing that ever happened to me in my life because through that, um, this work appeared and just clearly uh, my purpose on the planet really shifted into where I was focused Um so out of that accident, uh, that led me to read the book by Francis Weller, The Wild Edge of Sorrow, which is exquisitely beautiful. And then I actually went to, I attended Francis' retreat. And uh, then when I came back from that, um, I thought, you know, I could really, I know a lot of people who need grief work, and maybe this is something that I could really do. And so I asked Melody to actually go with me to do a second retreat, and we did with Francis. And um, so that's how we came together to co-facilitate the loss and grief retreats. Um, I just felt that the planet was filled with millions of people who were experiencing loss and grief, but they just did not, people don't seem to have the information and the support. It's mainly the support to release the trauma and grief from their body, mind, and spirit. And so that's, all bundled together was where I was headed. And um, so to tell you just a little bit the current story that just went on, because um, um, I'd like you to say that grief is an initiation to awaken and transform, just as Melody has said. I don't think people really realize what actually occurs for them, for themselves, beside the person who's passed, that the transformational work for your life that is possible during that time is tremendous if it's taken care of and the person realizes what's going on and they work with their own grief. So I think I'd like to speak briefly about the loss of my brother who just passed like three weeks ago. And we'll be right back and continue with those thoughts. 
Your conscious lifestyle on steroids. Ohm Times Radio. IOM FM. Host your show on IOM FM, the radio network of Ohm Times Media, one of the more recognized brand names in the conscious community, and is backed by the extensive marketing reach of Ohm Times. Hosting a show on IOM FM immediately connects you with our extensive, dedicated community. More than 24 million Americans have an autoimmune disorder, and that number continues to grow. I'm Sharon Saylor, and I'm one of those 24 million. To put that number in perspective, cancer affects about 9 million and heart disease up to 22 million. That's why I've brought together top experts and those thriving regardless of their diagnosis to bring you the latest, most up-to-date information. Join me, Sharon Saylor, Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, for the Autoimmune Hour on Life Interrupted Radio to find out how to live your life uninterrupted. Have you or someone you love ever experienced a major loss? The kind of loss so cataclysmic that it divided life into before and after. The death of a beloved person or pet, the loss of a job, a health challenge, can leave us feeling empty, lost, alone, wondering if we'll ever feel joy again. Loss is universal. Grief is part of the human condition. But in our modern world, we've lost the ability to understand, share, and integrate our grief. We're expected to grieve privately and quickly get over it. This February 23rd through 25th, the Atlanta Grief and Loss Center will be hosting a retreat that will allow you to fully feel, integrate, and catalyze your grief. Our retreat is called Heartbroken Open, Grief as a Sacred Path to Renewal and Rebirth. If you are grieving, or if you work with clients who are grieving, you'll find more information about this powerful retreat at atlantagriefandlosscenter.com retreats, or call 404-881-1322. America's wild mustangs need our support more than ever. If you believe in the preservation of our iconic wild mustangs and our wild places, now and for future generations, we invite you to walk with Wild Love Preserve. Founded in 2010, nonprofit Wild Love Preserve has pioneered an innovative model in wild horse conservation, which has garnered national attention and is serving as a framework in the West. As a unique legacy project, Kindness, mutual respect, science, and education drive Wild Love Preserve's mission to protect and preserve Western wild horses in their native habitats and nurture the legacy of respective indigenous ecosystems as an interconnected whole for future generations to equally treasure and nurture. Thank you for your action and for having a positive impact on our lasting wildness. Together, we succeed on behalf of our greater good and collective well-being. As a charitable nonprofit, Wild Love Preserve relies on donations and grants to fund our operations in central Idaho. Thank you for considering a tax-deductible donation to Wild Love Preserve. Please visit wildlovepreserve.org to learn more. Welcome back. Before we take the break, Joyce was... Uh, starting to tell us a story about a, a recent experience that she's had with her family. So, Joyce, why don't you pick up where we left off there? Sure. So I was just saying that I had uh, lost my brother about three weeks ago, and he had a massive stroke. And um, so I went to Tampa, uh, George, Tampa, Florida, to, to be with the family. And um, th this, my brother and I had not really had a great relationship for many years. But I had just really had all these old beliefs and feelings about my brother that just hadn't really been 
dealt with at that point. So often I had felt abandoned and just forgotten by my brother over my lifetime. But I had spoken to him uh, about two weeks before he passed just from synchronicity of feeling I needed to pick up the phone and call my brother, and I did. And so that that um, conversation was fine. And so, you know, really I had had long forgiven my brother and accepted the reality of our relationship, that this just was the way it was. So I was asked to come and help to make the decision about removing his life support system uh, at the end of his life. So I thought even that was quite a synchronicity, quite a decision that seemed to be made from the divine. At the last minute with my brother, I was the one who was going to be making this decision uh, about his life support system. So the family just seemed to want me to do that, and so that's what I ultimately did. So, you know, at his bedside, uh, I spoke with him, and I told him that all was forgiven. And I had to do this. Uh, it was clear that that was really the reason I was going to help them make a decision, but I was really going to help uh, to clear the energy uh, of this lifetime of trauma between us. And I thought it was for him and for me. And, um, you know, I could actually feel the release that came between us after that decision had been made and after I had spoken to him, I felt like he had passed. So, you know, I share this because the more that you can heal your old wounds, your family issues, and your ancestral grief before the person passes, the easier the grief will be. If not, this is, in my experience, what I've seen, that people suffer about what they didn't say, what they should have done, and all of that stuff that's left undone. So um, I have been for years just really support people. Say what you need to say to your family before they pass over because it it's going to help both of you. It's going to help as he passes over or he, she, but it's going to help you get through the grief in a much easier way. So that was my experience, um, my very recent experience of loss and grief. So um, I'd like to move from there into a, a poem of, that I absolutely love. It's called The Guest House. So this being human is a guest house. Every morning a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if they are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honorably. He may be cleaning you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whatever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. From Romy. Oh, that's good. Uh, Joyce, you always have the best poems. That's really good. Really good. Thank you. Well, you know, uh, I have found in my own life and the lives of clients that grief is also a tricky taskmaster. <laughs> uh, it hits unexpectedly mm -hmm. at times. It causes us to act out in weird ways at times. And it can simply be unpredictable and erratic in general. 
So ladies, during your retreats, or maybe even before, do you have any guidelines for participants or clients to help them know where they are in their grieving process or whether or not the retreat is right for them? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, You know, I think we should start this portion by sharing the five gates of grief. And these were coined by Francis Weller. And he, he speaks to these five ways that grief can enter our lives. So as we go through this, um, maybe our listeners could tune into each one and ask themselves, have I been invited into this, this gate? Have I entered, have I pat, crossed the threshold of this gate of grief? And am I experiencing or resisting what is here for me? Mm. Mm. So, mm, yep. So over the course of our lives, grief enters our heart in many ways. It's important to become familiar with what Francis Weller calls the five gates. And there are many ways loss and grief touches our hearts and souls. And some of these gates will be very familiar with you and others will be unfamiliar or untouched in our culture. So the first one is everything we love we will lose. This mortal life is a life of impermanence and every loss along the way, loss of jobs, homes, relationships. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at chumbacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Identities, loved ones, prepare us for the big and the final loss of our health and our very lives. And that's second gate of grief. So the first one is about those people and those things, those identities that we love. The second one is the gate of our shadow. These are the the unloved places within us. These are the parts of us that have not known love. So if you think again about the poem that Joyce read about the meanness and the shame and the malice these um, would be parts of us that are repressed, that we don't like thinking about or dwelling on. Um, we, we try to banish these parts of us from our conscious daily living. We often hate our anger. We often hate our jealousy, the parts of us that um, are wrapped in shame. But if the shame remains 
And if these parts of us stay hidden, they turn into self-hate. If we are never allowed to feel and grieve these aspects of ourselves, um, it, it becomes literally, we, the, the, um, the unconscious becomes a cauldron of self-hate. And um, years ago now, I went through a process of, of loss, and I dealt with that, that uh, relationship that became abusive, that became sort of this ongoing daily series of losses of respect and joy by um, developing an eating disorder. I became anorexic. And then when I began eating again, I became bulimic. And this was long before the term eating disorder had been coined. You know, this was in the early 80s. And um, I thought I was a freak. I didn't know anyone else or I didn't know of anyone else who had ever experienced this. And then one day I was in the store shopping and I heard on the radio that Karen Carpenter had died of an eating disorder. And I literally um, began weeping, not just because of the loss of this amazing, beautiful cultural icon, but because I recognized for the first time that I was not in this dark place alone. There must be others who also suffered with this. And it wasn't, um, you know, until I began to speak to compassionate others of what I was uh, dealing with, that um, I fully uh, entered through this threshold of this gate of grief and began, um, began clearing and working with it. And I feel like Brene Brown is another mm -hmm. cultural icon who has done so much to work with people who've been wounded and have repressed those wounds until they become wrapped in the shame and we hide them in our shadow. And, you know, her, one of her favorite quotes is, we're only as thick as our secrets. So that's my experience of this mm. second gate of grief. Mm. Yes. Mm. So our third gate is the sorrows of the world, which we are certainly experiencing right now. So whether we know it or not, we are an organism living on the Mother Earth, affected by the polluting and the raping of our precious planet. So for many, many, many of us, each time that we experience this on the television, on the news, where we see our beautiful land being burnt down, flooding, people dying just instantaneously, we can certainly feel that pain, and it becomes almost intolerable what is happening to our planet Earth through so much stuff. We could just be here all day talking about this one particular grief. So this was a grief I don't think that a lot of people used to really think about until everything has occurred on the planet that has. But I know for myself, it affects me uh, very strongly. And I have to really monitor how much uh, things I can watch or see or, or experience about. 
uh, to tolerate that. I mean, one of the things that we do in the workshop is that we engage in a ritual that is quite beautiful with um, that really honors the loss of our land, of our species, of our water, of our culture that has been here for thousands and thousands and thousands of years that's eroding away. So it's really important for people to feel this and not push this down and not, if they have a calling to do that, is to push forward to help with a cause. Um, so that is the third gate of sorrow. And the fourth gate is the when we grieve those things that we expected to receive but did not receive. So it's at this fourth gate that we realize that whether we're consciously aware of it or not, there is much that we expected but did not receive. Perhaps um, growing up in your family of origin, you expected and needed certain messages, certain empowerment from your parents that didn't come. Another way that we experience this is that genetically, I believe, that we are hardwired to expect the presence and the support of a loving community. We are born wired to expect a certain quality of welcome, engagement, touch, and connection with what our ancestors had, a village to care for us so that we would grow up with the feeling of belonging. And when we realize that this is absent in our Western world, this realization calls forth grief. So just think about how many people you know who really feel they don't belong in their family or in their culture. Our society is filled with people who feel empty inside, as well as experiencing a sense of not having a purpose or not knowing how to use their gifts or not having their gifts received by their community. So that's the fourth gate. And the fifth gate is ancestral grief, refers to the traumatic losses held in our genetic memory and in our very DNA experienced by our ancestors. And this is another one I think that most people don't really acknowledge or even often know about and think about is the lineage, the one that I can think about from many clients that I've seen is the lineage of mental illness that goes back for and there, you know, to ancestors, three or four generations of people who've had the same illness and it's currently with them. So that is not, you know, and often even not knowing your ancestors and having any experience of your grandfathers anymore, like, we used to know our ancestors. We used to know our great-grandparents. Often, we just don't know it. There's a void there. We have no idea what happened to them, but often we carry that on. Well, so those are the five gates of grief, and there, I, I want to pick this back up when we get back from this break. So stick around. We'll be right back.
Free your mind with Ohm Times Radio, IOM FM. Change and growth are part of natural life and also part of your spiritual life. Everyone needs support and guidance, especially during life passages. Upgrade yourself with the Ohm Times Experts program. With Ohm Times Experts, you have access to the best intuitive coaches, spiritual teachers, counselors, astrologists, and oracles. Our team was carefully selected so you can trust. Find out more at experts.ohmtimes.com. Depleted by the rat race? Depressed by the attitudes of the human race? The book Honor explains why and how to transform your life from confusion and heartache to one that you most authentically desire. Join Ohm Times Radio host Jennifer McKenna Weinbaum as she takes you on her journey from her darkest period to her happiest and healthiest life. Entertaining, enlightening, Honor will help you find and maintain the love and light in your own life. Visit www.universalabundance.com to pre-order your copy. Hello, I'm Lisa Berry. Join me every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time for Light on Living, a chance to see new, hear different, and feel more as I shine the spotlight on all the ways to lighten the load of life's challenges. Light on Living is your link to that new way you're looking for, that new understanding that will enhance your life, and that positive connection that will support your growth. So join me and you'll gain insight and start to see things in a new way that motivates you. Listen, my life changed because someone was there to get me to use drugs. No one can understand. People think that having someone who will listen makes it better. I need help. I'm listening. I need help. I think that having someone who will listen makes it better. People understand. No one can get me to use drugs. My life changed because someone was there to listen. Go to heretolisten.com for tips and tools to turn addiction around. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Welcome back. So real quick before I move on to my next question, I want to uh, just review quickly those five gates because I think it's real important just to touch back on it at an overview level. I know for myself, as I heard both of you describing them, I thought, well, no wonder I've cried so much over the years. I've been through all five gates. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm... And I'm smart enough to know that in, I'm only at midlife, so I suspect I'll be entering those gates again at some point before I'm finished in this lifetime. Um, but again, one more time, the first gate, everything we love, we will lose around the law of impermanence. The second one, our shadow, which is really talking about those places within that we have to visit and not repress and much about shame. Um, the sorrows of the world, you said, was the third gate, which you're right, Joyce, we're experiencing a lot of that right now. Mm-hmm. The fourth one, what we expected and did not receive, which is also big. And uh, and then the last one, ancestral grief. So uh, for those of you listening, I'm sure that resonates with you as well. So again, Joyce, we have also talked about in some of our past shows, how challenging it is to live in a world where we're simply conditioned to just carry on, right? I mentioned it earlier in today's show, get over it has been a common, sometimes unspoken (laughs) sentiment. 
I think this causes a lot of people to minimize their grief and not even know that they're grieving. You know, and I think, Melody, you touched on it earlier in the show as well when you talked about, you know, eating, overeating or, or you know, over shopping or, you know, who knows what vice we're taking on as a means to avoid our grief. And so we, we not only minimize it, sometimes we just ignore it. We don't even know we're, we're supposed to be grieving. And we're certainly mm-hmm. in our culture have not been allowed or encouraged to grieve. So given all those things, other than crying, as I've mentioned, right, are there certain <laughs> symptoms or indicators that someone might experience that's letting them know, hey, you need to allow yourself some time and space to grieve? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. So one of those <laughs> symptoms, one of those indicators. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Haters can actually be numbness. To be, and you know that you're numb when you're in the presence of your loved ones and you feel nothing. When you are in a joyful Mm. setting and you don't feel joy, another one of those indicators is passivity or depression, where you just feel like everything is flat. And another sometimes more challenging one is actually anger. And it can actually be experienced by people as, a, a fear of their own rage. These can all be white flags. These can all be like flags that are waving like truth, like please stop fighting your own grief and come come down here and explore your numbness, your passivity, your depression, your anger, your rage. Come explore. Because very often these, um, these symptoms, these indicators are simply signs that will, when we explore them, and sometimes we need a guide, a therapist, a coach, uh, to help us explore this, but we will discover what we've been tolerating rather than transforming in our lives. Mm-hmm. Those are great. Joyce, do you have anything to add? Oh uh, Well, I think I'll talk a little bit about toxic grief, which is different than, um, we'll just call it the um, grief process. I don't want to call it normal grief because there really is no normal grief, but toxic grief is quite different. And um, certainly it's a mental health nurse. I've seen this many times where you really just spiral down and you're spiraling down and can't get back up. So the difference between toxic grief and the grief process is that toxic grief is, I think, when a person gets stuck, they're just like stuck for a long period of time in their grief. And it might be you've met people who are years later have still grieving um, their husband. Maybe five years later, they still are at that place. And it's a terrible thing for people to hold on to grief that long and the damage it's doing to their body and their mind um, is tremendous. Um, 
I think it's uh, people in toxic grief refuse to accept the person has passed. They just don't want to believe it. Like, how did that happen? And so they just don't want to deal with it. So they might have clinical depression. Um, they have anxiety. They may blame others. Uh, they might blame themselves. Um, but all of it is just to be in denial that this has actually happened. And then what you what we all see all, a lot is uh, they might use alcohol or drugs to cover their grief, and the person denies that he is grieving and acts like everything's okay. When people do that, particularly right after they have had a loss, say they're okay, it's really dangerous to me. I'd rather people just cry and scream and say I'm suffering. But for so many people, they just can't do that. And so for this, a person who's in toxic grief, I really think they probably need to be seeing a counselor or a therapist to help them. And they might they might need medication, but they certainly need somebody to talk to and to work on this level of grief so their life doesn't stay fixated in this loss. Yeah, I think you both make such such just really profound points. I I think, you know, so much of what you're talking about, Joyce, the toxic grief is probably what's behind a lot of cyclical abuse, you know, especially when we look at men in our society who were never encouraged to grieve, you know, uh, that that they then become verbally, physically, emotionally abusive toward their loved ones because they never dealt with any of these five gates of grief that they may have passed through in their lives without dealing with it. Uh, I think there's a lot to that. And then, I, you know, Melody, as you were talking, gosh, numbness and anger and, and all those things are so so true and i i just encourage listeners really pay attention to those indicators so that you don't get stuck in toxic grief i can remember saying there was someone who was abusive in my in my life several years ago and i remember saying to him cuz he would try to turn my anger back onto me and i would finally you know show my anger because i i had he was so emotionally abusive for such long periods of time and and so i finally said to him do you not understand that my anger is Sadness on a loudspeaker. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, it was like I was actually saying that to myself <laughs> um, to let the grief come up. Uh, so, but anyway, you know, I, we 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 said this too, but we are living in an era of massive transformation, and there are millions, if not billions, of people suffering at deep deep levels right now. So, it's just crucial. It's a crucial time for the two of you to be conducting these retreats. Uh, and so I, I just, you know, I, I'm glad you're here. I, I, honor, I honor what you're doing. I, um, I think that too many people on the planet are just still looking for the magic bullet to happy. You know, I, want, I just want to be happy. Mm-hmm. Don't talk mm-hmm. to me about grief. Don't talk to me about, you're always bringing me down. Yeah. Da, da, da. I, you know, don't want to see you cry. <laughs> like, no, wait a minute. Time out. <laughs> that is an illusion. Your happiness, your true deep-seated happiness comes on the heels of facilitating your grief because you're a human being. has to come through. So, um, but tell us, so these these participants, attendees who would be coming to your retreats, can you tell us a little bit about what they can expect when they they get there? Absolutely. The first thing that we do is to create sacred containment. We've got to have a container that can actually hold 
the grief and to help people process their grief. And so it starts with um, nature. And so we've chosen a retreat center that has some beautiful nature, uh, a walking trail out back. And then we will uh, create in the room, we'll, we'll create an altar that people will bring photos or images or icons of the things they've lost or the grief, the grief that they're dealing with. And we will create what we call a sudden tribe or a sudden community that will feel very, very safe. Now, in the during the weekend, we will have both containment of our grief. We will learn to see and experience our grief as the sister of our joy. And we will learn how to experience our grief through the lens of beauty. And we will also have release. We will have a very powerful ritual in which we will catalyze or release our grief and turn that grief into medicine. Wonderful. And so who typically comes to your retreats? Well, women primarily come, and of course, we probably for the reason we talked about, it's much harder for men to come and experience what's going on with them. They tend to do that privately or they don't do it. So I've had all, you know, the last group, a very, you know, young woman in her 20s. So there have been all age groups of people who come. Um, there are all kinds of issues that they're dealing with, you know, spouse, health issues, suicide military violence, loss from severe weather patterns, their animals, sorrow of the earth, destruction. But, you know, it's just mainly people who have had a sudden loss of someone they love, that it just happened and they weren't, most people, a lot of people just aren't prepared for it. Not everybody has a long-term, uh, someone who's sick for a long time. This just suddenly happens to them and their life changes overnight where that person's gone out of their life, and there it is, and they're in a new life. And so I think that's the uh, one of the major aspects of people who have a sudden loss that come into the group. That's the connect, one of the connectors of the group, people who have had, you know, who are suddenly lost and grieving. So, Yeah. And so when they get there and they have these wonderful experiences that Melody was explaining, what kind of tools or exercises could they expect? Well, it's important to understand that grief is a visceral experience. It's a physical experience. It's not just a mental experience. And so in the retreat, we don't, we don't sit. It's not like a workshop where you're sitting and you're receiving a training, you're receiving information. Yes, you may hear or see something that expands your mental paradigm, how you're holding your grief, but we'll actually be moving our bodies. We will be uh, using movement and dance. We'll be um, using, we'll be um, um, in circle for part of the time and then moving our chairs. You'll have time to do some journaling. There will be some short teachings. There will be some time for sharing in small groups. And, and then, as I mentioned, on the last day, we do a very powerful indigenous ritual that um, people look, you know, some of the people who participate in this 
they look at themselves in the mirror afterwards and they exclaim, oh my goodness, I look 10 years younger because it helps them Mm -hmm. to um, catalyze that armoring. So many of us have armored ourselves against our own losses and, Mm -hmm. and that the ritual just, you know, helps you to, to go into those places and release that grief and the armoring goes along with it. And so people actually look and feel so much more vital and alive afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, I can even mm-hmm. attest to that. I know when I, I remember looking in the mirror when I was going through really, really hardcore dark space in my life. And I just looked like I had aged 10 years and, and I, I actually think I look younger now than I did then, even though it's a long time ago. <laughs> right. It right. does have a, a, a profound, it yeah. really does age you. Uh, the cells within us just really respond uh, when we're not where we're not moving it through. Right. So, okay, wonderful. Well, this sounds great. What I what I'd also like to know is is have you do you have any stories to share, or, or has there been uh, an experience in one of these retreats that's just moved you deeply? Something a past participant may have surprised you with, or. What would you what would you say about your observations of of their experience? Mm-hmm. Well, I would say I don't think a whole lot has surprised me, but what I'm always reminded of is the power of a group to really support people and give them hope. And that's what the feedback is always from the group members. It's just that I came here, I had somebody to listen to, I had somebody who understood. And that is part of the healing. So one experience that just did happen was a healing uh, group that I was doing was uh, there was a woman there who, uh, when we started getting into some of her loss, that she had a lot of old wounds that were unhealed, sort of like what we talked about earlier, actually from childhood. And they were really affecting her loss. And those things get confused and, and intertwined, and it's hard to see what are we dealing with here. We, we're dealing with grief, but we're also interplaying a lot of the old issues that come into there. So it gets more confusing. So she seemed to have a, an insight that this was part of what was going on with the loss of her husband, was this this still back to the core issue. She had not really healed this. I happened to see her just two weeks ago when she came to a painting class. Well, it sounds like we've run out of time, unfortunately. We have. For those of you listening, we encourage you to engage with your grief. Come to the retreat if you can. Uh, We want you to be happy and healthy, and we want it to be sustainable and lasting. So join Joyce and Melody on the 23rd and 24th of this month. And join us again Mm -hmm. for our show next week. Until then, at AtlantaGriefAndLossCenter.com.